Welcome to Igniting Change, Finding Your Fire, a weekly podcast with Mina Khoury, an Ayurvedic practitioner and spiritual teacher who brings the ancient, time-tested wisdom of Ayurveda in this time of great upheaval and global ascension to inspire you to the next level of your spiritual evolution. She will discuss all topics related to your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you ready to be free of all suffering and soar to your heart's calling? Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for being with us today. I am very excited um, to have a special guest on the show. Her name is Andrea. And she's also known as the Joyful Chef. And I'm going to have her share with you what she does. So, Andrea, welcome to the show. (laughs) You just caught me hydrating. (laughs) What a good idea that is on these, you know, increasingly hot days. Yes. So, thank you. So, welcome to the show, Andrea. Thank you. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Wonderful. Yes. And I, I was just quickly looking at everything that you do. And I know the chef and cooking and teaching people cooking is a major part of what you do. And so can you share with us a little bit about all that? Yeah, for sure. You know, what I primarily do, I feel, is I empower women to support their overall health through Ayurvedic cooking. So for a long time, I thought I was teaching people how to eat healthier, but I'm really teaching people an Ayurvedic approach to cooking, mm-hmm. to nutrition, and that ends up being really an Ayurvedic lifestyle. And what really sets me apart, I think, um, Mina, in this world is that I actually do cooking classes. So every time I do an event or you know, a workshop or my courses and programs, they Mm -hmm. all include cooking classes. And it turns out that those become a total highlight. And, you know, I develop the recipes and people get to really experience what Ayurveda is by participating in these cooking classes and then, you know, tasting the food and noticing how it makes them feel different and sharing that with you know hubbies and other family members and friends and influencing them and it it's just becomes this incredible um you know web of of life and and change that's wonderful so andrea i want people to really pay attention to what we're saying i'm hearing a background noise when you're talking so um, I wonder if there's something that like right now, like I'm hearing that. So it, I, I want it to be clear so people can hear. Now? No, it's still there. Okay. Um, I can try uh, changing my microphone setting. Yeah, if you can, or maybe, maybe you don't need the microphone. Yeah, exactly. I can unplug yeah, it. Let's do without okay. that. Perfect. So do you just want to turn the um, mute button off? You are on mute right now. Okay, are we back? We are back. Wonderful, okay. wonderful. So, uh, you know, that's, you know, you, I know, so I just want to summarize. So you do the cooking 
classes along with your event so people yes. really get the experience and it turns into you know are you really cooking yes because that's what you do and it's a it's a wonderful thing to share the meal with their family with their loved ones i absolutely love that i think a, you know experience and connection is what we are in the need of yeah. Uh, so that's a wonderful thing. I remember way back when I did, uh, you know, I did cooking for my own meditation retreats. Yes. I created events around cooking where I mm. served people a meal that I prepared and I've taught numerous, numerous cooking and nutrition classes. Yes. So it brings back memories of uh, sitting on our deck, eating the meal. And I know people would feel so loved and so connected mm. and just joyful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, um, just last week, I had a beautiful opportunity to meet a virtual client in person mm -hmm. and have them over for a meal. She lives in another state and she was traveling through and uh, she came with her husband and the two of them, the husband surprised her and did the Ayurvedic cleanse with her uh, okay. this uh, spring and lost about 30 pounds. And he came and he was just singing my praises. He was singing the praises of the food and going on and on. And it was so incredible to see the impact on the husband, you know, through, um, you know, Kathy Roberts yeah. and um, the changes that that was making, uh, the, the follow on effects. And, and it was just amazing. Yeah. That's wonderful. What did you make? Oh gosh. Um, so what I made was actually a very special, you know, guest dish. It was a, a wild mushroom tart. So wild mushrooms with some creme fraiche and a little bit of egg yolks, um, homemade pastry. So very rich, very special. Oh my goodness. Along with that, I did um, a celeriac and potato mash. So mashed potato with celeriac added, which mm -hmm. lightens it up and adds additional fiber. Mm -hmm. We had Swiss chard and some red pepper and a, a beautiful salad uh, to go with it. And then I did a peach crisp. So getting the, the oh, summer wow. in there with the beautiful uh, peaches that came from Georgia. That's wonderful. You know, that's wonderful to know because many times when people think of Ayurvedic food, they yeah. are limited to thinking it's Indian food. Right. Or you have to cook with certain spices only. Um, but Ayurvedic nutrition is about understanding the deeper Ayurvedic principles behind the using the food. So it's really applicable to foods from all over the world. For so sure. what would you say that to dishes like that you just prepared, that you prepared for your guests, mm -hmm. wh what, is, what is the twist in it that makes it Ayurvedic? Oh, wow. What an interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> so you're right, you know, because I was having this special guest that I know was a kind of a meat and potatoes type of guy, mm -hmm. I specifically designed this menu to have nothing to do with Indian food. Right. And so what makes it Ayurvedic then is the fact that I paid attention to the sourcing of the ingredients. So I looked for high quality ingredients. I mentioned the peaches that came from Georgia. So first of the season peaches, it was actually the summer solstice. So that was a celebration of summer. So the seasonality wow. aspect. And then the fact that it was a special occasion, having a special occasion dish, like a 
a homemade pastry or tart. So that's not everyday food, mm-hmm. but it's special occasion food. And it's important for people to understand that you can still have all the foods you love when it comes to an Ayurvedic lifestyle. And of course, I added plenty of um, lemon thyme from my garden. So there's another aspect. It's coming from the garden and it's a fresh herb. So it adds pungency and digestive support. And of course, the black pepper was in there, the, the nutmeg. So making sure that the use of spices were there. And then with that rich tart, we had plenty of cooked vegetables along with, I mentioned the mashed potatoes. And, you know, mashed potatoes on their own are a little heavy. heavy yeah. So adding that celery yak, also known as celery root. Um, it's this gnarly looking vegetable that yeah. a lot of people might not have used, um, but you just peel it and I just cut it into pieces and boiled it along with the potatoes and then drained off the water, mashed it up. And I used yogurt uh, to flavor the potatoes, you know, instead of um, milk. So yogurt is a good combination because it's sour, whereas milk is sweet. So sour goes with a more savory taste in the food. And so, yeah, it's a lot of things. Yeah, go ahead. I love all of that. I love that very unusual food, like maybe unusual from the Ayurvedic perspective, or people think that it's Indian food, but it's Mm -hmm. your normal everyday food that you turn into Ayurveda. So number one, is really all the factors that you considered is about consciousness of the cook. Yes. Right. And so you're conscious about the taste. Yes. And if it's pungent and astringent, you're conscious about the digestibility. (laughs) And it's a special occasion. And you were conscious about that this, your guest is meat and potatoes. So still, so it's a lot of love. Yes. A lot of attention. So that's what makes it Ayurvedic. Yes, there are many, many other things that make food Ayurvedic, like Mm -hmm. use of certain medicinal spices, looking at um, the different tastes of the food, the digestive and the post-digestive effect and the combinations. So it can become complex and sophisticated. But look at how Andrea used these principles in your everyday meal. Mm-hmm. I mean, people eat meat, people eat tarts, people eat mashed potatoes. So how can you make it um, more healing, really? So in Ayurveda, food is medicine. Mm-hmm. So when we put the consciousness, the, the open heart, the compassion, the little bit of thought process in combining the food, there you have it. Food becomes healing. And I'm sure your your guests just loved it because they could taste the care that went into the food. They did. They loved it. And, um, you know, I always, I like having guests because I also use my intuition. I don't ask them, what would you like to have? I just, I look inside for my intuition and then I decide what I'm going to make, you know, considering what I know. And so they came over and the first thing is, I love mushrooms and homemade pastry. This is amazing. And then the other one was like, mashed potatoes are my favorite. Oh, nice. (laughs) You know, and then the Swiss chard was in there and, you know, he was a little bit unsure, but he tried. That's what this is, yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I'm throwing something in there that's going to be new also. So it's, it's you know, I love that cooking without asking the guests. So many times, even in a household, people drive each other crazy thinking, what do you feel like? Right. What should I, nowadays is what should I order? Mm -hmm. Or 
what should I cook? What do you want me to cook? And I, I have never yet, I have yet to meet a person who says, yeah, please keep asking me because I've got the exact answer for you and I'm happy to answer it. The answer is, I don't know anything. What do you got is my husband. What do you got? So hence the <laughs> total uselessness of this question because yeah. as nobody knows, right? Surprise them. So that's how mm. I cook too. I like mm. I I don't think I go in the kitchen and see what's there and where mm -hmm. my hand go and that's what happens. Yeah. Uh, so it's, what it's needs important. to be used up, right? Like used just up. What of food and, is yeah, important what, also. Exactly. And just intuitively tuning into what, what sounds good, what sounds mm -hmm. good right now. And if mm -hmm. you have other people, like what could they be wanting? Or, you mm -hmm. know, just use your intuition. Mm -hmm. If you're wrong, you're wrong. But you're going mm -hmm. to be right so many of the times. And it uh, saves all the kind of the agony of asking, figuring out, yeah, there's a lot of decision fatigue these days. So yeah, decision you bring fatigue, that I like that word. I like that word, you know, decision fatigue. It's like, just, you know, just feed me something already. Yeah. <laughs> so it's part of the gift. I mean, you know, one of the things that I'm really big on is just holding the flag, you know, holding the banner for the importance of cooking. Um, yeah. And cooking, cooking for ourselves, cooking for others. Uh -huh. um, and you know, the cooks then really need to be honored. We need to honor ourselves and we need others to really honor us as well, because there is a tremendous amount of effort that goes into that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just mentioned decision fatigue. Like my husband is the luckiest man in the world. He just gets to focus on his things and then he gets all this beautiful food, doesn't have to think about it. Like, look at the gift that the, I know. That the cook is, you know, in the world, all the cooks. It really is. It really is. There is a decision making, especially when you're cooking for others. Yeah. You have to take care of their, their, you know, their, their likes and dislikes and mm. you, they are eating what you are cooking. So you also want to make sure that they get the nutrition, especially it's a responsibility, members, right? It's a responsibility. I remember cooking for my son yeah. and wanted to make sure that he gets this, he gets that, he gets mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. So it is a big responsibility and not to mention, you know, all the love mm -hmm. that goes into. And I remember my son, like he would never just take the food. He could just say, mom, can you put it on my plate? <laughs> and, and I know many times, you know, in the Western culture, we think, let them serve themselves but they're really they're missing something important yes. i think food says love oh my gosh so the first time i went to india my husband is indian my last name Haley shankaran uh-huh so actually going to india is what brought my life and my story in relationship to food full circle when I observed my mother-in-law and how much effort she put into the daily cooking and in particular, how she cared for her husband and two sons. Uh -huh. So what you just mentioned, it just shocked me from a Western point of view that she was willing to serve them individually. So yeah. you're not ready for your meal yet. You're doing something, but you are. So I'll serve you every single dish and she serves, right? She's not eating with, she's attentively. Serving, yeah. And then she's completely fine to do that again and again. And again. Others. 
in a same meal, like instead of everyone who's just willing to do that. And and like in my mind, I was just flabbergasted. Blown away, yeah. Blown away because it's so much effort, you know? And then you see, yeah, this one likes ghee. This one likes sugar with his ghee. Mm -hmm. This one likes more of this. This one's likes. So when you speak like that, I know what you're talking about. And um, it is, I think, very different from the Western. Very different. And I think that uh, like, you know, I know parents, I teach them early, tell them to make their own lunch. And, you know, and I thought like, what's the point? What's the point if everybody's going to live like an individual island in a household? Mm -hmm. the, what is the point of the family? So I mm -hmm. enjoy it because then I made sure that he gets mm -hmm. what he needs. Mm -hmm. And I remember my mom, my son even saying, it's like, mom, can you make the toast? <laughs> yes. She knows how to make the toast. Yeah. And every now and then I'm like, no, you need to make your own toast. Mm -hmm. But I know why he was asking. Yes. Because there's nothing like a mom giving food on a plate and just yeah. giving it to you. And he always, he goes, no, can you just put it on my, you know what I like, can you just put it on my plate? And he liked that. And I think we really need to come back to these subtle these subtleties in our daily life that bring so much joy, yes. action, and love to each other. There's yeah. so much emphasis on each man for himself. Mm -hmm and independence and you know i think we've gone maybe we may go over the board where we, we we're getting disconnected are we getting disconnected so yeah so food for me actually is about connection it's also about humanity yeah. our humanity so i actually alluded to like my story you know just yeah. quickly i'd love to tell you yes please how, how it is that i came upon cooking. You know, I was only 21 years old. I was taking a break after two years of un university and I traveled to Central America for two months and I was traveling among the locals, living among the locals. And I'm a very sensitive person. I didn't know it at the time, but I was just blown away, shocked and in awe, first of all, of the people, of their presence, of their generosity, their happiness, their joy, um, their authenticity. Mm -hmm. And the second thing that I was in awe of was the food. So the fact that we only were eating what was locally grown, locally yeah. cooked, very, very simple, you know, coconut bread, fried bananas, eggs, yeah. lots of fruit. And somehow in my young mind, I made the connection between the two present, happy, joyful, and food. Uh, authentic people eating simple, locally grown, freshly prepared food. And I came back to Canada where I was living just with a bee in my bonnet, determined to change how I was living. Mm -hmm. um, ended up getting disheartened and disillusioned as to the society and my schooling. I quit and determined to look inside myself and was wandering through a bookstore one day, this was before computers, and came upon A Life of Balance by Maya Tawari. Oh my gosh, I love her. I love her book. <laughs> she was talking about cosmic memory contained in the food. Yeah. And that when we eat the food, we're connecting to the cosmic memory. 
And this just spoke to me like anything. I started cooking for the first time in my life. I was not one of those people who were taught by their moms. My mom didn't really enjoy cooking. Mm-hmm. Just started cooking and making that connection. And that to me was just completely life-changing helped me to solve all my stress, my anxiety, my confusion, starting, it started to make me feel calm. And cooking for me became an act of nurturing inner peace, really. Um, And I believe I finally understand that it was because I was making a connection to the divine Mm -hmm. um, through the food because there is this understanding from Maya, but also my understanding is that the food is intelligent and it's intelligent because it comes from nature, which is the the supreme intelligence. And it's ordered and it's perfect. It was given to us in this natural state. And so that's why in Ayurveda, we always emphasize getting the food as close to nature as possible so that it's as close to that natural state as possible. Mm-hmm. And then that idea that that food is all we need. It contains all the nutrition that we need for optimal health. It contains the intelligence of self-healing um, that we can have everything we need. So for me, that cooking then, not just the connection, the divine, but foundational, right, for health. Yeah, it really is. Wow. Mm-hmm. What a story. You know, what a story. It's one thing to come from a kind of a food cooking background, mm-hmm. like I have, but I didn't really cook in my younger years, but there was always food around. Somebody mm-hmm. was always cooking mm-hmm. because that's a big deal. And then having to just, I, I didn't know how much I had picked up when I started to live alone. I could just cook. Mm-hmm. And cooking now is like, to me, it's like, it's, it's second nature. I don't even think about it. I just pick up stuff and it just, it never occurs to me to pick up the phone and order out. Mm. It never occurs to me, even though when there's nothing at home, I find something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, and that's one thing. But for someone who did not grow up around the cooking environment and the connection that you made was just amazing. That is the connection. And the deeper connection is mm-hmm. food has intelligence. Food has order. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we process food, we destroy that intelligence. And isn't it surprising that in turn, we do destroy our own innate intelligence? We do. And you know what? I just, I just, one thing I want to share, because it just got clear for me this morning, this language, mm-hmm. this idea of gut health. Um, you know, I'm a digestive and gut health expert. And when we talk about the microbes in our gut, 90% of our cells are non-human. They're microbial. microbial. And and what do these microbes do? They help us in the process of metabolism, breaking things down, you know, working through things, creating new life also, but it's, it's a metabolism process. And if you look out in nature, everything is constantly metabolizing. There's growth and there's death and deterioration, and then there's new growth. And that's actually happening within us. And if you think about those processed foods that last for weeks or months on the, or years, even on the grocery shelves, the microbes, which are just everywhere in the environment, are not interested in that food whatsoever, because it's, 
it's surviving, whatever. It's surviving, there. Yeah. So why would the microbes inside our bodies be interested in that food? So if you think about it, that food is in a sense poison. You know, yeah. the microbes are not interested in that food. And no, so it's not. like a toxin circulating inside your body. And you know, that is so true. You don't really see things. You know, that is so true. You don't, you only see mm -hmm. bugs or fruit flies around fresh food. Right. You don't really see huh. them. Yeah. You don't see them. Right. Like if you drop a potato chip or something, you don't really see bugs gather around mm -hmm. that. Isn't right. that something? It is, you know, and so I've heard some Ayurveda experts say that, you know, this dead food is actually the source of disease in a it sense. Absolutely. Think about cancer or autoimmune, it's a lack of intelligence, right? It's the mm -hmm. cells doing something that they're not intended to do. Mm -hmm. So here we are feeding ourselves full of this food, which it has no intelligence and it's, it's disease producing. You know, food. Do you? I don't. Food is one of the still major cause of disease. Sure. Can you believe that? Food that is supposed to nourish us, heal us, is the cause of disease. So yeah. really, let that land. Like, look at yeah. what has happened. <laughs> food that's supposed to be a source of health and healing. Yes. Is the cause of disease. Yes. So we really need to think about. What are we calling food? Yeah. We're calling food products are not food, right? Correct. Food-like substances. Food-like substances. Food look-alike. It is not mm -hmm. food. And sadly, the grocery stores, um, two-thirds of the grocery stores are filled with products. Even more. Even, even more. more. I'm being generous. You are. I'm being generous. And... <laughs> So it's filled with food products. And then you relate that to the percentage of people who are yeah. dealing with chronic health issues, yeah. chronic mental, emotional, nervous system type. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And food is such a major cause of it. It's all connected. It's all right. connected. Yeah. Most of people know, and then we are screaming with, you know, health costs. Yeah. You know, the world really is going in circles. Uh, that's why these type of conversations I don't even know where to start with <laughs> you know what I mean it's so upsetting um, like you know when I even hear my own words and like yeah. the realization comes at another new way and then mm -hmm. it's just so upsetting it's like oh my god that's why these conversations are so important to have mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, yeah you know what we eat is it affects like you mentioned you know you do gut health um, mm -hmm. And digestive health is one of the pillars of Ayurveda. So, you know, mm -hmm. one of the things inevitably I work with every client. Mm -hmm. You can't get far without it. Well, um, and that's a big part of what makes Ayurvedic cooking different. different. You asked about that earlier. We cook for digestion. I we think cook for digestion. If the digestion is working, then it yeah. is, you know, yeah. then it is healing. Yeah. So. And the quality of food affects our, what we eat affects our digestion, but so much of the emotion, the energy and the vibration that are in the food um, 
affects our digestion. I remember one of the things was, okay, if you're going to eat something that's not so good for you, mm-hmm. say a prayer over it. Eat it oh, happily. yes, that's a great Eat thing. it happily, you know, because I, I talk about that in my first book, uh, Healing Your Relationship with Food. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ayurveda answer is like happiness, how the, the emotion you're eating something with yes. has a huge impact on your gut digestive health. Yes. And because of, because the fact that we're not eating real food, mm-hmm. guilt is part of what we are digesting or not digesting. Guilt is part of what uh-huh. we are walking into with every bite. Mm-hmm. Like even when we're eating junk food or processed food, mm-hmm. you know, right. it's not a good thing, but they eat it, they feel a little guilty, they talk mm-hmm. to something about it, mm-hmm. and then they're like, oh, you know, whatever, I can't, mm-hmm. I like it, the taste was whatever, whatever they say. So, but if they eat, if they ate it, I mean, guilt, you know, guilt has found a way mm-hmm. in the food industry. Mm-hmm. What, does, what does guilt have to do with food? It should have nothing to do with food. Mm-hmm. It entered because you are creating food that is not food. Mm-hmm. You're fooling people or you're eating food that is mm-hmm. not food. Otherwise, mm-hmm. what does guilt have to do with food? Food has to do with nurturing, connection, mm-hmm. connecting with nature. And it's a, it's, a, it's a gift from God, from the universe. Mm-hmm. And it's a healing. It's nurturing. It's, it's satisfying. It's comforting, right? These are the words that should go with food. Yeah, let that let that land because I think that disconnect is very real, you know. Also, because all those emotions and all those things they they get stuck, get stuck in the in the tummy, in the belly, in the gut, however you refer to it, and they communicate, you know, and that's part of the microbial life in there. It's responding to all those emotions, and and so yeah, being calm, right, being peaceful when you're eating, having that intention and mindfulness, the how, right? We often say that the how is even more important than that what. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. It's absolutely true. Um, So much can be transformed in that way. So that's, that's a message of hope. If people are listening and thinking, oh my gosh, there's no way I can cook every day. That's just too much. Don't ask me to do that. But then you say, well, just it's really easy when you don't get into complicated recipes yeah you let go of the recipes because i cannot look at a recipe just because Mm. you know you create i mean vegetables stir fry them boil them put them in soup steam them eat them raw right Mm -hmm. there's only so many ways salt Mm -hmm. and pepper begin with that so more is not better Only better is better. When it comes to food, I tend to, I really love the basic, simple goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get into, you know, unless I'm going to do a, like a chef contest or something. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? I got to make this appearance and how right. the food is presented. That's a totally different thing. But when it comes to everyday cooking, it's really about nice. keeping the, the intelligence of the food intact, nice. the nutrition value, and eating with presence that these three things will go far in creating gut health and then your overall health. So Andrea, thank you so much for being on the show. I know that you have a summit coming up. By the time people listen to this show, the summit may have gone. 
um, but it's still worthwhile sharing the details with of that with our audience because this is just the first of many summits and I'm sure you'll mm -hmm. be doing more so, so they can stay tuned and okay. connect with you the next time. Yeah, so actually if they go to my website, um, can I give the website? Yeah, yeah, please go ahead. Okay, it's goodgutayurveda.com. And under there, I have a link for, for events. And the Easy Health Solutions Summit is listed there. And the whole idea behind this summit is, you know, what we've been talking about today. And what I find kind of interesting about Ayurveda is that the solutions are so simple. simple so yeah. the simplicity is there. We're talking about daily, healthy, daily habits, basically but it's in the implementation that it gets difficult and doing that daily. But what I believe is that if you can find the solution, the way, the approach that is perfect for you, it's individualized for you, right? We talk about individualization in Ayurveda. Sure. Yeah. It becomes easy and it creates ease and flow. So there's so many solutions for your habits if you can discover the one that's just perfect for you, it's going to be easy to do. And when you do it, that's when you're going to create your, you know, optimal habits, health yeah. and reverse your disease. So that's the idea behind the summit, Easy Health Solutions. And we're holding the first Easy Health Solutions July 13th to 15th. Um, but we will be having another one in January, January yes. 2023. And we're hoping that the great Mina Puri will um, <laughs> with us at that uh, summit. So definitely uh, stay tuned. Yes, absolutely. And then we might be doing another podcast soon. I think I, you and I would need to have more conversations. I really <laughs> enjoyed our conversations. You really reminded me yes. um, the, the whole, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps. You reminded me of the intelligence of the food. I do a lot of work with, you know, emotional and deep trauma. Yes, I love that. And yeah. all of that. And food comes in the play, but it was just such a fresher for me to remember, to, to just be validated saying, you know, that's where my heart goes. It's a simple pay attention, enjoy. Yes. And there's a lot of complexities in the world. We don't have to buy into them. Yeah, that's what I love about Ayurveda. I just always come back to that. Yeah, no, have the knowledge and then, it, and and then yeah, don't, don't need to buy. Just because it's available doesn't mean you need it. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so thank you so much, Andrea, and thank you everyone for tuning in. If you have any uh, questions or comments, I would love to hear, for, uh, hear from you. And um, don't forget to give us a thumbs up if you enjoy the conversation. Yeah. And also, if you feel like you want to subscribe to my channel, please do so. And until the next time, I look forward to seeing you at the next episode. Andrea, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to Igniting Change, Finding Your Fire. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button. And we look forward to being with you next week.